guys, welcome back to another episode of Unfiltered Adventures. I'm Steven. I'm Giselle. And we are the Lover's Passport, and we are going to be talking to you guys about ways you can travel hack today. We are going to be having one of our friends, Janelle, on. She is an expert when it comes to travel hacking, both online with credit card points, both with learning how to transfer points, miles, everything in between. I have no idea about 99% of this. I just learned how to get into an airport lounge. She is a little bit more savvy than me, but Janelle is the pro. So with that, we're excited to welcome Janelle onto the show. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Janelle. We've been talking to you for what? I don't I've been know. following oh. you for a while. I, or I found you first, actually. I found you on TikTok and I showed Steven, I followed you. I was like, huh? Cause we had just got into travel hacking this year. And I was like, look, she posts all these really fun videos. And then we found you on Instagram and then I've been following you for, I don't even know how long, for a while now. <laughs> it's our first time meeting you. Power of social media though. Like I remember seeing your guys' videos a while ago and like it was actually before I even started posting like on TikTok and your guys' videos are some of the reasons that I like, I was like, okay, I'm going to start posting a little bit, like actually getting into this on TikTok because I was always like an Instagram girly and just lived over in that world. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I mean, we kind of just started TikTok as a, oh, we're already making videos on Reels. Maybe we should just repost them on TikTok. Yeah, I don't know why. I feel like our, we care so much more about Instagram than TikTok. Like TikTok, I'll just throw whatever out like if I'm like yeah I don't really care this is a pretty pan up we'll throw it on TikTok but in it, Instagram I feel like we're so curated we're like I don't know is that we gonna post to this or yeah. I'll show anytime we get a story ready I'm like is this okay to post like we're so careful about what we post on Instagram but TikTok just throwing <laughs> stuff at the wall we post like eight <laughs> times a day you know? I'm like TikTok I'm like what am I posting on TikTok today what am I doing there and then like Instagram my feed is definitely more like what you guys do on TikTok. My stories though, like that's where I live on Instagram. Like my Instagram stories are like what keeps me on that platform. Like I love interacting that way. So stories How do you are- feel about the TikTok stories? We started using them yet. We got the notification. I don't think we've even posted no, one. No, we haven't. <laughs> we posted a couple and it's just like I found it's a way to like chat without posting a video. So like it's something that you don't think is going to maybe like perform as well because it's not like a trending topic or whatever. Right. But it's a- connect with your audience that doesn't necessarily affect your engagement rates honestly is like the that's nice uh, like I found it so like I was talking about my um, being permanently banned permanently in quotes mm-hmm. from TikTok on my stories yesterday because I was like hey people were asking me like where were you like what was going on like on Instagram um about it so I put a little story about it so I'm like I'm not gonna make a whole video on this like on the platform so that's how I've been using stories right now or like drafts of stuff that is like funny that like maybe didn't quite make, didn't make the, the cut the deep cut but it's like still like quirky or like I don't know stuff like that yeah well total bummer if, for those of you just uh hopping on here basically Janelle's account got banned from TikTok temporarily because of community guidelines violations which is something as content creators we have to deal with all the time is the algorithms misflagging your stuff and whatnot and both of our accounts are all travel related we never post anything that are against community guidelines and yeah. so it's it's a terrible situation that hopefully will get resolved soon because Janelle's 
content on TikTok over there is always oh. awesome and very helpful and informative. So we're back up and running on TikTok. Oh, we are? Okay, good. Good. Yesterday. So it did get resolved, but um, yeah, they're like flagged the algorithm and stuff. It flags certain things. And I'm not even sure how it works. Cause like I get flagged for the most random videos and I'm like, there's zero community guideline violation of this. Like you can't even pull one out of like thin air on this. Yeah. So we posted it. It happened to tell us anytime we post anything when we're swimming, like anytime we're in the water, snorkeling, yeah. anything with that, it doesn't, it comes, doesn't come off for like dangerous or it doesn't come off for like swimsuits. Most of the time, most of the time it's like dangerous stunts or like professional when you said that you would deal with this too where it's like the professional stunt type stuff it's like i'm swimming in water yeah Yeah, it's like i'm hiking calm down (laughs) anyways um do you just kind of want to tell everyone uh we kind of gave a little summary of what you do but tell everyone what your content's all about how you got into travel hacking and how you kind of balance doing travel and tiktok and everything with your job too (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I started traveling really back in like 2017 for work a little bit. I'm an engineer full time. So I was going out and meeting with different customers of ours and working with them. And that just kind of got like my appetite for travel going, like growing up travel seemed something that was like way more unattainable. Like we took one trip to France when I was a kid to meet up with my aunt and uncle who lived in Hong Kong at the time. So that was like a halfway point. Um, otherwise we would just go visit my grandparents in Canada. And that was like the extent of our travels because just the resources weren't available for our family to like understand what you can do um, in terms of travel. So then that kind of like got me into it. And then in 2018, I attended a seminar. It was a thrifty traveler premium seminar, which I'll talk about that service later or thrifty traveler seminar um i'll talk about the premium service later but thrifty traveler through this like one day thing it was the second seminar they'd ever done they're minneapolis-based companies i'm from minnesota lived there at the time i was like you know what i'm gonna go i didn't tell anyone i was going because i didn't want anyone to like talk me out of it or be like that's dumb like what are you gonna do sit all day like learn how to book a flight like cool so i just went and i learned so much out of that one day and that really like got my interest peaked i mean like oh there's more to this because they talked about like how do you use Google flights, like what services are out there, credit cards, like what do credit cards even mean? And then also like getting my appetite for international airlines. Like if you've never really flown internationally, you're used to hearing like Delta, United, American, Southwest, JetBlue, like those sorts of names are very familiar to you. And like, I'd never heard of like Qatar or Singapore Airlines or like all these other different companies. And like, if I was booking a trip back then, I would have been way more hesitant to like book that because I didn't know if they were good or not. So like those those sorts of things I like picked up that day and I just sort of rolled with it because the service itself, Country Traveler Premium, sends out cheap flight deals. And so you start getting these cheap flight deals like sent to you and you're like, oh my God, this is real. Like this isn't a joke. That's so dangerous. <laughs> yeah. So then um, we booked a flight deal shortly after that. It was for August of 2018 was when it left off. It was round trip from Minneapolis, nonstop on Delta. It was $297 to Iceland. Oh, we paid this. 900 our last time. <laughs> 900 yeah it's stupid <laughs> that was literally the three tickets that we paid for for all, all that price oh my gosh um, but I remember booking that deal and like my brother booked my dad and then we went um August of 2018 and that was like what started it all so I was like wow one this service like is real like you can actually find cheap flights it's not like a joke and I was just like just you have that like skepticism where it's like this is too mm-hmm. 
through. And because most things that seem like that way are. And I was like, nope, I booked it through Delta's website. Like, I'm not booking through some weird sketchy scam site. Like, everything was all good to go. And then we went on this amazing trip. And after that, it was like, game over. I need to, like, go learn everything I can about this since I started diving into getting the credit cards. And you don't go from like zero to 100 immediately. Like I got yeah. another, like at that point I'd had, I think two travel credit cards or maybe one and I got my second one or got my third, one of the, one of those things. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna like start dipping my toe in these waters a little bit more and learning about it. So that was super fun to kind of like go through that phase. And I just started sharing it on social media, like as I was learning things, cause people are like, at the time I would have been what, 22, 23, something like that. And people are like, how are you traveling so much? Like you're an engineer, sure. But like, also like, I don't understand like how you're able to like go pick up and take these trips. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just started sharing it more online. And then um, obviously things just like grew from there. So it's been really, really fun to share these experiences and like show other people that travel can be attainable too. Um, it was fun to show my family that also like starting to take them on that journey. Like my family had not gone to many places before this. And now we've gone to, I mean, I'm at 19 countries right now that I've been to. And so like, it's crazy to watch this. And my whole family just went to London last weekend. And that was so much fun. Um, just like a last minute trip that we decided to take because there was a good flight deal. That's awesome. Okay. Well, now I'm intrigued because we just, like I said, got started into travel hacking probably what end of last year. I would say Giselle say got into it year, much yeah. more. I didn't, I was raised on this whole thing. Like credit cards are good. I have a credit card to like build credit and everything, but yeah. I was always taught any type of travel credit card or travel hacking. It's all a scam. Like, I feel you like have his to spend, mom was like Dave Ramsey. You have to spend so much you know? money to get all this stuff. And it's for people that make lots of money and like, you never should have those. They, and I, I was always in the, cause, Giselle traveled a lot more than me before we first started. I'd only been out of the country one time and it was for yeah. like a sports event and everything else was just camping trips and hiking. She was much more of the I studied abroad for the first time alone when I was 15. Yeah. So she and did so- a lot more <laughs> of it. And I remember the first time Giselle approached me like, oh, I'm learning how to travel hack and we need to get this, this credit, credit card <laughs> and do this and we can get a hundred thousand points. And I'm like, what can you do with a point? And like, I was like, Steven, what we're going to Patagonia it? later this year on points. I'm like, like, we're going to do this. I, did, I just didn't understand the whole realm of it I was like that people don't give out free money or free points why why would you do this yeah and I think what I got interested in was when TikTok got big I started getting all these targeted travel hackers coming out so I was like wow this is really cool so I want you to kind of just take us through your process of let's say you're booking a trip for I don't know you're going back to Iceland what do you do where do you start what platforms do you use so there's like two avenues there's also so you're right now you're saying like I want to go to Iceland. I actually start before there and I wait for the flight deals to come to me. So okay. like Thrifty Traveler Premium, I have a code, it's Chanel 10. If anyone's interested, it gets you $10 off. But the service itself is $60 a year without my code, $50 for the first year with it. So like if you book one flight deal, you have already saved that and more, which is super, super cool. It's similar to like Scott's cheap flights, those are other services. Like they all, I've had a lot of them too, because they not every service catches every deal and I want all the deals. So like I sign <laughs> up for them. Um, but it's really cool because they'll send me cheap flights literally daily. I don't filter my inbox by any airport because if it's cheap enough, I'll fly to a different airport to like catch that. <laughs> so I'll wait till a flight deal comes to my inbox and then I'll like go book. Because if I go into it thinking like, 
I want to go to Iceland on June 2nd through June 10th. And then I go look at flights. Like chances are flights are really expensive because I'm picking that exact stuff. I wait for a flight deal to hit my inbox or I even brought it. Like if I want to go look myself on Google flights, I'll be like, I want to go to somewhere warm in June sometime. And then I'll go look and see like what my options are on their like explore page. And having flexible dates is super helpful. So it's obviously harder if you're like going for an event, like a wedding or things like that, where you have to be there for a certain amount of days or depending on your PTO schedule, like that, those sorts of things can make it a lot more difficult where you're stuck taking certain flights. But I will plan trips out. Like I'll start looking for flights for Thanksgiving around Christmas because flights open up 11 months in advance. I'll just start tracking like going on Google flights and just like messing around. So I'm like, I know I want to travel abroad over Thanksgiving. So I'll keep an eye out for stuff. And right now I have two flights to places over Thanksgiving. So I'll pick whatever one I end up like going with, but I have a flight to South Africa, um, which was 60,000 round trip Delta points, um, which is insane. Like that's such a long thing yeah and then I have one to Australia too and so the nice part with if you book with Sky Miles is they're fully refundable um so I'm like let me just book all of these which is nice if I have the Sky Miles in my account this is where the credit cards come in having that like I can book these and like hold these flights and then figure it out later like what country is open what country do I feel safer going to in terms of like COVID if there's flare-ups around that time um those sorts of things so I'm considering that so that's what I do like typically but let's say I did actually want to go back to Iceland this summer so I was keeping my like an eye open for like I have a million places I want to go so like if a flight deal didn't come up for Iceland I would go somewhere else instead but what do you know like a flight deal did come up through Iceland I got this one for 50 traveler premium but Google flights is an awesome tool as well so I track flights on there all the time like if you know you go home for Christmas every year start tracking flights you can have them track flexible dates so you can do like if you are flexible leaving you know a couple days early or later like those sorts of things you can do um, or they're explored tool is one of my favorite things so you literally just like type in your airport and it's like you can either say like I want to go somewhere for a week in the month of July and it'll pull up dates or pull up places Um, or you can just use their map tool and just like drag the map around and like watch it populate like all the prices for flights so that's kind of where I start in terms of flights it's easier if you like have a more flexible mindset um, because like I want to go so many places like if a flight deal pops up to Vietnam tomorrow, that would be awesome. But if another flight deal pops up for Thailand instead, I'll go to Thailand, like instead over Vietnam, you know, those sorts of things. So flexibility is key. So for your engineering job, are you remote? Are you in person? How do you have the flexibility to balance like the travel hacking deals with your job? We have a hybrid role right now. Um, Pre-COVID, I traveled a lot. I was with a different company, but similar type of role. Um, And I was traveling like up to 80% of the time for work. So I was able to actually use that to help extend trips that helped me like build up even like content and things like that where I was able to stay in certain cities longer and things like that so work does have some flexibility for me where you know I can work a day from here or there like if I need to go to like last week I went to go to London we took a red eye from Seattle to JFK and then we worked from JFK on Thursday and then took another flight to London the next day so it just allowed me to like work remotely um, from the airport to make our travel schedules a little bit easier and to not miss work like we could have yeah on Thursday and just taking the day off but I was like I'd rather not like I can work just fine like we ended up actually staying at the TWA hotel oh nice in JFK that was like a little perk of it I was like okay let's do this we'll get the TWA hotel and we'll work from the hotel room there like you can get like a day rate which was like awesome um but that helps and like just some flexibility on my end to be able to take so many trips per year because that's always the question I get 
How early in advance does Scott's Travel or Thrifty Travel or Premium, how early in advance do they do it? Because I heard you say like when you go on Google Flights, you can plan up to 11 months in advance, basically yeah. like start tracking your flights. Is it the, will they send out things that early or is it like next week? This is when you need to go. Yeah. So typically it is like later on it, like it's not last minute stuff, like especially for two traveler, they won't, they're trying to not be like this, like last minute service where you have to scramble and like get your whole life together in a week to go on a trip. They'll send those deals if they're really, really good. So like, then they'll give you those, like that was London for us. It was $900 round trip in business class. Oh, so we nice. fly Delta one, lay down seats, like the whole nine yards, which was awesome, especially because we were only going for a weekend. Um, that one was a last minute deal because it was a mistake fair. Like someone fat fingered a number on that Ooh. and it was not supposed to be $900. Um, so they will send that out. But most of the time, like I book most of my trips, I would say six to eight months in advance. Okay. That's good to know. We typically do about six months in advance for the most part, depending on Steven's work schedule and whatnot. It was definitely different when I was still working full-time because my job was in the office. I had no flexibility. Occasionally my boss would let me take like Fridays remote and I could work in the car kind of thing. But even during COVID, her boss was like, we're an essential business, even with your marketing job. I'm like, I'm not essential, but okay. (laughs) Anyways. Yeah. So I heard you mention you're, you're fully into Delta, right? I, I've seen, you just got invited to the Delta Sky Lounge LAX thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, dang, it looks nice because we LAX is our home airport. And so I, I want to pick your mind on the lounges. You know, people are always like, oh, like, is it really worth it? Like, yeah. we just got our priority pass stuff and, and whatnot when we got our Amex Platinum last year. I was so confused. And Steven was like, I was why lo- would I go to the airport early? Why would I, like, want to go? Lo- I'm much more of the walk up, get through security. And I want, I don't care if I'm the last person on the plane. Completely fine with me. Geez, like we must be there three and a half hours early. (laughs) We're leaving for the airport at 8 a.m. Our flight is tonight at midnight. No, we're not that early. Okay. She's much more of the prepared. We just travel very differently. But now we're on time. But now we're we're on time. I'm always early. He's always late. The lounges definitely are much more. After my first one, I feel like it's convinced me to go a little bit earlier. I didn't realize that there was free food, free alcohol. There's places to work. There's quiet rooms. There's Wi-Fi. I don't have to sit next to a snoring baby. <laughs> or like, well, I, it's just Fine, baby. I, yeah. he's changed. What did I say? Snoring. I'm a little tired this morning, but it, it, <laughs> it just, it's very funny. The because I had no idea. I've never heard. I've never talked to anyone with travel lounge access or even seen any of them. Because most of them, they feel like they're on the second level. Or I thought the only people that stayed in them were like the pilots or like super super rich people i didn't realize that they were so accessible literally i was you i totally get where you're coming from my whole goal like back in 2017 beginning of 2018 was like i want to show up to the airport as my like group is boarding and get on the plane like that is a perfect arrival for me and then i got out in texas and now i'm like i will go hours early I'm like, <laughs> i've got my little monitor like i make sure i get there like i get annoyed when i only have an hour in the lounge because that's like not enough time for me to like set up my computers, get a little work done, get some food, get a drink or two, like that sort of thing. Like, I'm like, I want at least an hour and a half to make sure that like I get the experience. And it's truly does become an experience. Like my trip now starts like when I get to the airport, not when I get to my destination. So I think that that's like been a huge shift for me. Like with your Amex Platinum card, you just have the like non-co-branded version, right? Like it's just the American Express Platinum card. Yeah, we have the business one. Oh, yeah, so you'll be able to get into like the Delta Lounge for free. Um, so you'll be able to experience the new LAX Sky Club, which is awesome. So yeah, you get the free drinks, the free food. So I'll go and like 
if I have a flight, let's say like 4 p.m., I'll go around like noon or 3 p.m., whatever, I'll go around noon, set up, have lunch, have a few drinks. Like the food's free there. I sit at home and have lunch. I have to like pay for that myself. I'm already paying for this on my credit card. So I go do that and like really enjoy it. There's some lounges um, will have like what's the JFK Centurion Lounge, which you guys would also have access to with that card. They have an Equinox Lab is what they call it. So it's like the Equinox Gym. Um, oh, wow. like a meditation room, a yoga space, compression boot things that you can like put on to help with circulation, or, like Theragun. Like that's oh my gosh. Book, like book when you're there, they have a speakeasy that you can go in and it's all free. So it's like, if you use those perks, like if, like if you didn't drink and you got like a strict diet or something like that's something that like, you're not really utilizing it. Like it's just more of a space to sit that's like comfy and that's not important to you. I can totally see where like lounge access isn't that big of a perk. But like if, if you go to the airport, even like a couple of times a year for like a bachelorette party or a wedding and like you're going to the airport, you're getting a couple beers, like you're getting maybe a burger or something like you're going to save so much money by just paying for the annual fee, which can seem super, super scary at first. Um, and then being able to use all the other perks on the, on the card, like on top of the lounge access and be able to sit and like have a really comfortable airport experience. Like I take meetings there all the time. And a lot of people there are like, I mean, there's a mix of like business and leisure, but like it's a quieter space. Like you're not dealing with the hustle and bustle of the airport. There's no like overhead announcements. So you're not getting that like when you're in the middle of your calls and stuff. For me as like someone who is traveling for business, sitting at the gate, you get the whole like zone, whatever is boarding now. Like every time a gate near you is doing anything, you're constantly getting that background noise. Like I can have effective calls, like sitting in the lounge and things like that. It's just like yeah. way more pleasant experience. And my mom used to have a lot of anxiety with traveling and we actually found that lounge access was something that, like really helped because it removes all of that like hustle and bustle the airport people running around like it's just a calming experience so if you're someone who also struggles with just like being really anxious like at airports because that's me <laughs> lounges can be awesome so it's ironic because I'm a travel influencer but I always get like mad pre-travel anxiety which is so funny like not actually the second I'm at the airport I'm fine but but before when I'm like driving to the airport I get so stressed out for no reason whatsoever <laughs> and I travel all like we literally travel all the time I've driven to LAX like three times in the past week it's stupid um <laughs> but uh yeah so it's it's always very funny but the lounges are really nice and that is one of the perks I feel like the lounge access alone we've already made up our annual fee for Amex, which if you guys don't know, the Amex Platinum Business Card, I think it just got raised this year to $695 annual fee. So Both personal and the business. Are yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a hefty fee. That's probably the largest one I think out sure. there. Right. Yeah. And so at first we're kind of like, oh, is it going to be worth it? But then you have to look at, you get not only the lounge access, but we got global entry out of it. We got TSA pre-check. We got like clear, you get $200 yeah. credit, you get a free Walmart plus there's like $240 in entertainment credits. You get, there's a zillion other credits. There's like so many Avenue. So like, like Adobe credits, like, yeah, especially for that's what I didn't understand. I didn't understand how they gave you all of this stuff because I was yeah. like oh I have a preferred card at my bank it's a credit card I'm getting percent back there and this one's free why I was would like Steven, why would I use this card yeah, I was like why do I need to pay almost $700 now to like sit and drink piece of metal I mean, in my wallet. I'm not gonna lie we've probably eaten and drinking our fair share of $700 already with the premier or with the 
American Express Platinum, but totally. I, I feel like Global Entry has also changed my mind. And like TSA pre-check, I was oh completely gosh, fine so nice sitting in line with other peasants. And now <laughs> we, we come in and I'm like, you see like the long line of everyone scanning their passports and you don't even have to pull out your passport anymore. You just yeah. walk up, you look One at a second. scanner and you walk through and they know your name. They're like, are you Steven? I'm like, well, yes, yes, I am. And you walk yeah. straight through. It's a, it feels not... Not like I'm cheating the system, but it definitely is like we've made As you like wave by everyone else. (laughs) (laughs) It saved us hours. It's just absurd how nice it is. Well, if you guys don't know, you also get clear included with that card as well. So that's $180 per year clear membership is. Um, And so with clear, you get the, so if you are traveling domestically, I I literally just did TikTok on this the other week. I showed up to the airport and I was like, let's time. I'm still with TSA pre-check and clear. Let's time how long it takes me to get through security. And like I showed, it was just the pre-check area I showed, which I don't think the video really like got the full effect of because in SeaTac, they have um, separate securities for um, TSA pre-check versus regular, where some airports, they're still together and they just have like separate lines. So this was all pre-check that you could see like in my video, that was the line. And I got through in seven minutes and I had an additional security check because I was like randomly selected. So I had to wait like three or four minutes for like the person to come over and like give me the additional security check. And I was like, I got to pass by all of those people. So it also like, again, you've like traveling, like traveler's anxiety, having some of those perks can really just make your experience so much less stressful. And then you're not worried about like, do I need to get to the airport super early because security lines are going to be super long. Like, I don't think I've waited longer than like 10 minutes before ever. And like the only time with pre-check that we've waited long was in Miami. Miami. Oh my yeah. goodness. It was, a, it was a day where all the cruise lines were getting off on like a Sunday. Oh my gosh. We waited an hour with pre-check. It if was not just more like, with pre-check. It was the longest wait I think we've ever and seen. And that's when we were like, oh shoot, we better sign. We still haven't signed up for our clear thing, even though we have the credit. We need to get on it. We're and for people who don't know, like clear is a line budger essentially. So like if you have pre-check, because I get this question a lot, like why do you need both or what's the difference? And like pre-check is essentially an expedited screening. So you don't have to pull out your laptop, your liquids, take off your shoes, like that, those sorts of things. And then clear is like, I'm going to budge the line of whatever. If you don't have pre-check, you're just going to budge the general boarding line. If you have pre-check, you go to the front of it. So like, that's why I looked at that pre-check line. I went to clear. I like did the eye scanner thing. I don't pull up my ID. I just show my boarding pass to the agent. They like literally put you up. Like they'll take one person and then you'll go next. Like that's so nice. You just get in right away. So it's so simple. And the sign up is really easy. So it'll only take you guys like a couple minutes when you do it. All right. Well, if we're adding that to the to-do list this weekend. Yeah. The <laughs> list, I'm sure. Very. Um, <laughs> credit cards and like the annual fee. I think there's some like really underutilized benefits on credit cards. There's ones we've like talked about that's like the $200 in Uber, like all these like flashy things mm-hmm. that take that annual fee down to zero in my mind. But then there's also like trip protections, like trip cancellation, trip interruption, bag delay, rental car insurance, all of these. And then like with the Amex card, you have the Amex concierge. So like when we went to London, I called up the Amex concierge and I was like, hey, can you give us restaurant recommendations for this? Like here's what we're looking for. Here's the price range. And they just send me a whole list of stuff. They'll make the reservation for you if you want. Like really? I don't have to like do a majority of that trip planning if I don't want to. Like it's a good starting point. I did it for Italy to find like wine tours, like those sorts of things. So it's a good service. Um, I had a friend who used it. She had to fax a form to the Vatican to do a tour of the Vatican. You could only either like 
hand it in in person or fax it. And so she used the Amex concierge to fax the form over to. The oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's, a, that's a service I hadn't heard of, or like, I know like it was there, but I didn't really know exactly what it did. So that's yeah. really interesting. Just start like using it to like get your feel for it. So you don't forget about it. Cause I like kind of forgot about it until that friend mentioned the faxing thing to me. And I was like, Oh yeah, I like, do have that service that like I used once. Um, but like my boyfriend and I were in DC and we used it for the, him to book haircut. Like they found him <laughs> to get a haircut in DC. At. Like, so that's awesome. Well, okay. So speaking of travel credit cards, um, what, what do people, or what do you think people should look for in them? I know there's some that will get you points, some that will get you miles. Obviously you want to look at all the benefits like we just talked about and mm-hmm. the, the, the fees and whatnot, but why would someone want to get a travel credit card for, for points versus miles? And when looking at travel credit cards, I think the number one most asked question we were getting in our Instagram poll was if I only travel like one to three times a year, like what kind of travel credit card should I get versus someone who travels a lot more often? Totally. So first things first, like unless you are super, super loyal to an airline or take them most of the time, and I would not start with an airline credit card. Um, at least don't start your search there. Like I would look at a card that gives you a lot more flexibility on how you use those points. So that's what we're talking like. There's the Chase Sapphire Preferred card. There's the Capital One card. There are so many, American Express has a whole line of cards that the Platinum is the top one, but there's a whole like plethora of types of travel cards that they have underneath that with lower fees. So you have options and I would start there because not only can you use those points within their portals if you choose to, which is how I started. Um, one of the better ways to use the points is actually by using transfer partners so like for example if you get one of the lower amex cards like the amex gold or the green card um you can earn points you'll still earn all your points and whatever in the amex portal you can still transfer those points at a one-to-one ratio to delta so if you want to use them on delta for a delta sky miles deal you can transfer those points there or you can transfer them to different hotel partners or other airline partners so it just gives you more flexibility to be able to like use those points whenever there's a deal available versus if you have the American Express card from Delta, so they've got a whole line of cards and Delta cards, you're only earning Delta Skylines when you use that card. So that's why like you are stuck now using those points or using those miles only on Delta Sky miles um, versus like also an American Express. They've got partners in there as well. So one of the like ways to get cheaper flights is actually by on Delta is actually by booking through their partner Virgin Atlantic. Virgin Atlantic has better deals on miles versus Delta themselves. So transfer points to Virgin Atlantic and then book a Delta flight through their site. So there's ways to like, and this this is way deep into it. I don't want to like overwhelm people because like, but once you start getting into it, just know that those things exist because for like two years, I only used my points to like book through the Chase portal or book through the Amex portal. That's so like, where we're at. <laughs> yeah. So like you got to start somewhere and like, that's how you start getting more comfortable with it and like understanding it. But like, know that these transfer partners exist and there's a lot of value that you can get out of transferring your points to transfer partners. When you're so, looking at the transfer partners, instead of booking through like a Chase portal, Amex portal, cause that's, we're very familiar with doing that. What would trigger you to want to do that in terms of like the transfer ratios? Do they send out like special deals where you would get like two times miles or, or something like that? Like, how do you figure out if that's going to be a better deal than booking directly through a portal? You can actually like, there's a, you can like figure out how many cents per mile that you're getting. Like that's a way to look at it. So like, what's the cash value? Um, 
so that's a way a lot of like the travel bloggers and travel hackers like is looking at how many cents per mile and if you want to kind of hit a certain ratio um and google these things like if anyone has any questions at all just like start googling your questions even if they seem like super in-depth honestly there's so many people who have written so many things about this like someone's probably answered this question <laughs> on some blog somewhere so like just don't be afraid to just Google the most crazy question. Um, but like, for example, the I just booked um, a flight on Qatar Q Suites, which is their business class to the Maldives. And I booked it, the one-way flight was um, 122,000 Amex points because there was a um, transfer bonus that they were offering between British Avios, their partners. So I transferred my miles. It was and it, it was supposed to be like 170,000 miles for that flight, but I only had to transfer over the 123 or something um, because there was a 40% bonus on my points when I transferred. Wow. So that's why I like did that whole scenario and went with the dark Hue suites because I saw that there was an awesome transfer bonus going on. That's cool. Wow. Yeah. We definitely need to take a look more into transfer bonuses because yeah. we've got a lot more international stuff coming up later in the year for the most part, but uh, in next year. So that's, that's something good to know. And yeah. in terms of your favorite credit cards, what would you say are your like top three most utilized cards? Cause for me, it's the Amex platinum and the chase Sapphire preferred. But- <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my, Amex Platinum is like my favorite card of all time. I love that card for the lounge access. Like I am a lounge girl. You're going to see me there with a glass of champagne or wine, hanging out and enjoying my time. So for that reason, like that card, I love it. And there's so many other benefits to it like we talked about, um, but that's my number one. I'd say number two, because I'm a Delta girl, the Delta American Express Platinum is one of my favorites because it has a $250 annual fee, but you get like a free check bag. You get like a couple other perks with it. But the biggest one is you get essentially a BOGO flight. It's called a companion certificate. So um, you only have to pay the taxes and fees on the second flight, which are typically, I don't know, like 14 bucks, let's say. So I can buy a domestic ticket within the US 48. Um, and it's, if I buy one ticket, I can get the second ticket for free. There are some fair class restrictions. I haven't been affected by it too, too much. Um, you just can't essentially book like super last minute for that type of ticket. Um, but then as long as my ticket is above $250, that makes the annual fee zero in my mind without dealing with the check bags. Like, so if you're someone that's where like, People always want to just like get one credit card. And I totally get that. Credit cards are a scary thing. They've kind of been ingrained, but they were scary. Like growing up, it's like, oh my God, don't get a credit card. Like you're going to go into so much debt, all this stuff. But if you use them responsibly, they're such a good tool. So like you can then use, um, I can add multiple cards. So I keep that card open because every year I book a flight that's over $250, BOGO pass, and I'm earning on it. So I've booked flights up to like 400 something dollars on it. And so you're really like getting the benefit out of that card. So I love that card personally for me, like because of the Delta tickets that you get with that. And then I think the third one would be like a Chase portfolio card. So like, well, either I have the reserve, um, but then there's the preferred as well. But having a visa is super important if you're traveling abroad. So yes, it's just like not really utilized in a lot of places abroad. Like merchants won't take it because they're charged a higher transaction fee um, by using the Amex card. So they just don't accept Amex in a lot of places. Um, London was one of the places that actually did surprisingly, but like most of Europe doesn't even like, there's a there's a random like place that will take it, but having a Visa card in your wallet um, or like a Capital One card too. The Venture X is also another fantastic card that they just came out with. Um, those are really good. But I know you'd asked earlier too about the starter card or like if you were just taking one to three trips a year, 
definitely look at like um, the Chase Sapphire preferred awesome card. It has the 80,000 coin side of bonus right now, which is chef's kiss. We love that. Um, and then there's, you know, the capital one cards as well on Amex. Like I would start just kind of looking at what those options are um, and what you use because the answer is different for everyone. Like, right. I mean, it depends there. like where you want to fly or like international, domestic. And, yeah. And like what your lifestyle is like, for the Uber credits, like if you live somewhere that doesn't have Uber, like my parents don't use Uber. So like they're rarely, they have to like think to use Uber so he gets like use out of that credit because they have that card as well. So if you're someone who's not using that, like that card's not going to be the best card for you versus me. I like live in Seattle, I Uber Eats and Uber Flexes. Like <laughs> I have no issue using the $200 Uber credit here. So you just kind of have to look at like some of those things. But if you're starting out, unless you are loyal to an airline, um, I would implore them to look at like a non-branded card is what we would call those. Um, and then if you're looking to expand because you mainly fly an airline, I would look at some of those cards that like have those extra benefits, like the yeah. platinum card. I was say- scared by that fee. And it's like, no, but as long as you book like one flight a year, that's over $250 with the second person, like that card, that fee is zero. <laughs> like those are some yeah. of like- yeah, I think as long as you are responsible about, w- about spending it. money, then having multiple is like no problem. Like even talk credit, talking travel credit cards on different airlines or Amex or Chase. Mm-hmm. I feel like we have what, three now? Well, I have my personal is my Chase Sapphire. And then for the business, we just got the City American Air one because for all of our upcoming like tourism board collaborations. The only airports we can fly into with like good flights for us are typically American. And we're kind of like meh about American airlines. Like Mm -hmm. it's not like our favorite airlines to fly, but since we're flying them all the time and they have really high fees for like checked bags and change and stuff, like that's why we don't typically like them. We're like, hmm, might as well just get it. And there's like a 60,000 points bonus, which is not the highest, but we were like, all right, we can easily hit that. No problem. That's the biggest thing I think when we're looking at it or like, Oh, should we wait to get like a higher points bonus or something? Yeah. Cause I got my chase Sapphire preferred when it was like the hundred thousand. Oh, yeah. I was like, yes, oh, was so good. we were trying to get the, was it a hundred thousand for the, the venture X we've we we missed. We forgot mm-hmm. by one day. Cause we were traveling. We were going to open it up in my name, but yeah. a couple months prior or maybe a few weeks prior, I thought that someone was trying to hack all my accounts. So I froze my my credit and then it takes a few days for your credit to unopen and I had forgotten that it was frozen so yeah. she was like okay let's open it up in your name and I was like why isn't it working I was like oh, my credit is frozen so I went and unfroze it and but it took a few it. days yeah. and we, yeah. I opened up the day after all That's of so the- sad. Oh, it was I, such know. A- I mean it's still good it's like 75k I honestly thought they were going to drop it way lower than that so I was like at least pleasantly surprised when they came out with the 75k offer um but the 100k I opened that card the day it came out because I saw I had no intention to smart woman (laughs) no idea like what these bonuses are going to be and I saw that and I was like no brainer like the fee is one of the it's like I will put the venture x card in the same ish category as like the chase sapphire reserve and the mx platinum and obviously the mx platinum and chase sapphire reserve do have some additional benefits but if you're someone who's like on the brink of like do i get 
more of an intro card or do I get more of an advanced card? The Venture X is kind of the best one. It's like right in the middle to like dip your toes into it because they still have like the priority pass, some other benefits that like come with it, like the global entry TSA pre-check. Um, but the annual fee isn't as high as like the MX Platinum, which can be really scary to some people where it's like, how am I going to spend $700 on a credit card fee? Yeah. I mean, and that was another thing too, when it comes to the welcome bonuses, like trying to be strategic about how you reach those bonuses. The reason why we love the Amex Platinum for business instead of getting it for the individual is because all of our expenses as like content creators, we just put it all on there. And then, um, if you're booking out, you can book out flights for later in the year and then that will go towards, and then you get the five times points for travel. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think that's just another thing to look at if you're listening and you're trying to figure out when to open a certain credit card. If you see like really good welcome bonuses and you're trying to figure out how you're going to meet it, literally put all of your bills as much as possible. We pay taxes on our Amex for our quarterlies. And that's how we were able to meet it within like or like, I know because I have the Amex business too, and it's like 15K in three months to hit the sign up bonus for the business one. And I had just bought my like new camera body. So I was like, oh, I should have waited. Like, yeah. I didn't open this and all this stuff. But I literally was like, thinking around like it, it just with with any card actually that I open where it's like, a, how am I going to hit this? Like, I don't really understand what my expense is. Like, I don't think my expenses will hit it call friends and be like, Hey, can I put like your car insurance on it this, this month? And like, can you pay me? Or like, if you're out to dinner, put your card down and have everyone Venmo you. That's what we do. Yeah. at parties. I'm the one who's putting my card down for that. Like a lot of the times so people want me to plan it with like the travel stuff and my card has the benefits. Actually, we use my Chase Sapphire Reserve for a bachelor party that had to get canceled because the bride had a family member that um, had a medical issue. And uh, we were able to, it was a non-refundable Airbnb. Chase cashed me a check for that because it fell underneath their trip cancellation policy. So I got a check for like two grand from Chase because um, it, the Airbnb was non-refundable. I just had to show proof of that. And then I had to show proof of like the, it just was like, it didn't even have to be like me or my family members, any of my traveling companions. Like mm-hmm. if they, had an issue and we just had to show documentation of that and we were able to get fully refunded. So I think those are some of the other benefits that people overlook sometimes or even forget that they have, even when they have the card, like putting it on that card gives you so much extra protection, especially in times when things are changing all the time with COVID and stuff. Like it won't, it won't help you. Like if you just decide not to go because like you don't feel comfortable, but yeah. like something happens where like you cannot go or like it is not in your best interest to go like they have it all listed out like what's covered um and being aware of that is super beneficial because yeah that right there I'm like that paid for my annual fee for that card for multiple years because I just got two grand back and was able to pay every single person that bachelor party back yeah that's nice I know we we always double up because we have like an Allianz uh like trip insurance plan. So just in case something wasn't covered by our credit cards, we especially also have you that. Travel but... so, especially because we travel so much. I feel like if I, beforehand, we, if we weren't doing this for a living now, what would we travel? Maybe like four times per year, inter, maybe internationally or big flights. So that's why I always think about whenever it's the common person or just people that don't yeah. get paid necessarily to travel. Like, is it worth it? Is it not worth it? I feel like it's different for both of us because we travel for, for work. It's very different um, yeah. on that end. This might seem like a really funny question. What What's the difference between the miles versus the points? Is there like any difference at all? Is it just like one credit card calling tomatoes, tomatoes? Is there any difference from one to another? 
It's a great question. Um, I like to think of them as like, it's not a direct comparison, but like the closest thing I can think of is like different currencies. You've got like the US dollar, the British pound, the euro, like all the yen, like all of these different things. And so the sometimes you can exchange them with, you know, you can get your, your US dollar exchanged into euros. Like if we're thinking about this in points, so like you can sometimes transfer, for example, your Amex points to Delta, um, but you can't transfer your Delta points to Amex and vice versa. So like there are, the reason like I think points are quote unquote better is because you can um you have more options to transfer them and utilize them in different ways like you can transfer them to like different partners like even if you transfer stuff to hotels you could technically transfer hotel stuff to airline typically doesn't work out to be in your benefit that way but um it they are different um but like for example I didn't have any American Airlines points and they don't have any transfer partners that I can transfer transfer from a credit card like a non-branded one and there was a great deal for 140,000 American Airlines points I could have gotten a round trip flight from Seattle to the Maldives in the business class Q suites Qatar Q suites um but I didn't have the points and so I I didn't hear the miles excuse me the American Airlines miles and none of my points transferred to that so it's like that's where you can be kind of screwed in some scenarios. Um, that's a more rare ones. There are a lot of transfer partners, but like, I don't fly American, but I'm looking at opening an American Airlines credit card so I can book Qatar Q, Q suites with the points when those deals come around again. So it's just like different currencies. Some you can transfer to each other and not. Um, but that's why like, if you're just getting into this and it's like, it is really overwhelming, start with a card that gives you more benefit in terms of like, you can transfer them to different partners or you could just use the Chase portal. Like if you want to book, like I started there and did that for like two years. So like it's not like you're, it's a I there's I people are always like well it's not the best use of my points I'm like if you're traveling on them and that's a trip you want to take there's no bad use to that like that's if a good you're point. always chasing the best redemption like you're gonna be spending so much time and energy and you're gonna always feel like you're missing out on something so like use your points that's what they're there for like use them for travel in whatever way that you're able to yeah no that's a really good point I think a lot of people get caught up in the hype of the deals and everything where they're like no I'm just gonna keep waiting. Yeah. See, and then not take the trip. Yeah. And then um, I think the last couple questions we got for you were related to upgrades. Mm. So, like, how do you use your? Because we actually haven't ever really used it. Because most of the time when we travel, like everything is comped for us, which is really nice. So we haven't really gotten to use our like upgrade perks for our hotels and whatnot. Like, how does that work? Do you just flash your card and be like? oh, I have an Amex Platinum. Like I should be getting an upgrade. Like how does that work? Yeah. So for people who don't know, the Amex Platinum comes with like hotel status. Like you get the Hilton Gold status and Marriott Gold, I think on it. Yeah, Marriott. Mm-hmm. Um, and so actually with hotels, airlines, like if you are able to be upgraded, they automatically put you on an upgrade list. It's super methodical. Like you don't do anything. You'll just be upgraded if you're supposed to be because of status reasons, which you don't get from these credit cards. But um, with hotels, you actually have to ask for it most of the time is what I learned. Like, because huh. once I had status, I was like, why am I not getting upgraded? So literally either the day, they say you do it at check-in. I actually typically will either message the hotel through the app or I'll call them the morning that I do check in and be like, Hey, um, I'm checking in today. Are there any complimentary upgrades available? Most of the time they can upgrade me right then on the spot. Otherwise they'll be like, I'm sorry, we have to do it at check-in, which is their policy. So like, it's like, okay, cool. So then I'll just ask at check-in. Um, and I get upgraded most of the time. And one time recently, I forget what hotel I was at. Um, and they couldn't, Oh, this was actually when I was in LA for the Delta thing. Um, the Delta LAX lounge stuff, they couldn't upgrade me and they're like, but we'll give you vouchers for the um, restaurant. 
So they gave me restaurant oh. boundaries instead, even though they couldn't upgrade me. So it like doesn't hurt to ask ever, like ask them. Um, I wouldn't expect necessarily the voucher all the time, but it was like a nice perk where they're like, we're sorry, we can't upgrade you. Um, uh, but yeah, you do have to ask with hotels, I've learned. Like it's not as automatic as airlines can be. That's good to know. Yeah. And then for the airlines, is it usually just like status? Like once you reach a certain amount of miles or points, you get that status and it will automatically upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. It all, it all has to do with like status. There's like a whole hierarchy. I know Delta's program like inside and out the other airlines. I don't know as well, just cause I'm not flying them. So like I'm looking at Delta's like program and like learning all the little like fine print details. Um, and status is like the number one reason, like why you would get upgraded automatically. So that's why like for me, most people, it doesn't make sense to be loyal to an airline um, 100% of the time because you're not earning status and like getting high enough status for it to really like make a difference. I travel a lot personally. I travel a lot for my day job. I travel a lot for like travel stuff now that I'm doing. And so like, for me, it does make sense to like, I've had top status at Delta or diamond medallion status at Delta for like four years now or five. Um, and so like, I'm getting upgraded all the time. So like for me to go book a flight on like a United, it means I'm going to be sitting in the back of the cabin, <laughs> having the whole like experience, which is hard to go back to when I can pay either the same price, like whatever the price of the flight is. Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less or the same. doesn't matter. I'll go fly with Delta because I earn towards my status then and I'm getting upgraded. So it's yeah. really nice to get the full experience of either if I get upgraded to comfort, it's more leg room. I'm six feet tall. So like, for are me, you really? Yeah. I was a lot of so I'm like for me having the extra leg room and space is like very important and like I highly value that I was gonna say I'm five nine I played volleyball but I was like oh dang yeah. that makes <laughs> yeah. my brother my, I have a twin brother and he's six five and he oh, hates yeah. flying because he hates yeah. how like confined he feels so except for JetBlue he likes he JetBlue Jet we've had some he's great experience I was probably like out of all of them we won't, I've only flown them one time, but it was a great experience. But them in Qatar are probably like my favorite too. We flew on Emirates and we were like, eh. We, we had been so high. I mean, we flew just economy, but we were yeah. like, we had heard so many great things and it was all hyped up. And I was like, dang, Qatar really was so much better in our opinion. In our opinion, but- at least for the seats that we had. I haven't flown Emirates yet either, but actually someone else said the same thing. They were flying economy. And I know a lot of people like the Qatar business class is like what a lot of people talk about, but just in general, that airline always um, does really, really well in terms of like the scoring systems. And it's a super popular airline, but Qatar also is like right there with Emirates, if not above. Like I think Qatar consistently scores above Emirates, but it's nice to hear your guys' experiences. Yeah. It's very interesting because we, in the past year, we've tried to fly every different airline possible to kind of make like a decision if we want to be loyal to certain airlines and stuff. So domestically, I think we've literally flown every, every one. major one. And then internationally, we haven't done too many, but we've done like Delta, Qatar, Emirates, Virgin, uh, yeah. the sorts. So I think we're trying to figure out now which one we want to like be a little more loyal we to in terms of status yeah. and whatnot. But and there's like partner networks and stuff too, where it's like, you know, if you're talking like Delta, they're partners with Virgin Atlantic. And like right. So it's like you can kind of get into the, the larger partner networks when you're getting into international flights. Yeah. So excited to keep on diving into that. But anyways, I feel like we always ask two questions. So I'll get to my one question. But since <laughs> this is unfiltered adventures and we like to see the behind the scenes, the things that go wrong, all the craziness, do you have any crazy mishaps on any of your travels we have we always talk about like the things that go wrong so we're always interested what's the craziest story you have from one of your trips 
Oh my God, of course I have this. Like there's a couple that like stick out, but there's one that was like a nightmare. This is right when I'm starting to like really get into traveling. This is the fall of 2018. We were going to Australia and it was my friend and I were planning it. My dad and brother were coming along over Thanksgiving and it's the Saturday before we're leaving on Wednesday. We're on the phone, like buttoning up just like the last minute stuff of the trip. And we like kept seeing stuff online about like, needing this like ETA visa thing. And we were like, what is this? Like, do we need it? Do we not? Like, I knew a few people had been to Australia. I don't remember them talking about any sort of like visa that they needed. Like what is going on? So we like decide like, oh, it's like a hundred bucks. I'll just do it. Like, I don't, I don't want to like miss something because we didn't do this. So I'm like filling this out on my iPad. My friend, we're on the phone together. And like, it's a Saturday night. I'm not really paying attention. And I filled out the form wrong. And it's supposed to be super simple. Like most people get um, accepted, like get their ETA visa on right away, like immediately. Mm-hmm. And I like didn't get mine. And I was like, what's going on? They're like, well, it can come within like 24 to 48 hours. And I was like, I leave on Wednesday. Like this is kind of important. And I learned, like I like started just like digging into it because I'm panicking now. And I'm like, oh no, um, what do I do? And basically I learned that like this ETA is tied to your passport number. I can't just like fill out another one. Um, so it's going to be basically stuck in this limbo period because I filled it out wrong and there's nothing I can do about it. And I'm like, so how do I get into the country? So the only other option for me was to apply for like a normal visa that was like six months. It was like a six month visa for me to like hang out in the country, like a tourist visa to stay longer than like a 30 day period or whatever the ETA was. But that takes like three to four weeks to get approved. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. I applied for it though. Cause I'm like, this is like my Hail Mary. Like, what do I have to do? And so I applied for that and I'm just like a mess, a wreck. And I'm like calling my family, like just crying. So I'm like, I just went this trip. My friend hasn't met my dad and brother yet at this point. Now we've been on multiple trips. But I'm like, she's going to go hang out with them in Australia. Like, what's she going to do? This is so terrible for me. And we found out <laughs> like I could hang out in the Australian or at the Sydney airport for 24 hours without um before I needed like a connecting flight to leave somewhere else so I bought a flight to New Zealand because that bought me a few more hours I was leaving from Minneapolis I had the flight to Sydney and then 24 hours in the Sydney airport before I had to leave so I bought a separate flight to New Zealand which didn't need a visa to get in there so I'm like all right that buys me like another 36 plus hours for someone to look at this visa application and like throw this Hail Mary out there (laughs) And so we go to the airport. At this point, I'm going to New Zealand. My dad and my brother are going to Australia <laughs> in LAX airport once we connect. And she's going to Australia with them. And we go through security and I pick up my phone and my visa application was approved. And I was like, <gasps> so like, <laughs> I cancel my flight to New Zealand, my hostel in New Zealand. And like, at least the climates were similar because like I had to pack like I was going to New Zealand at this point. Oh, that's and hilarious. Insane. So I learned a lot about how to find visa, like whether or not you needed a visa, where to get that information. The U.S. government website is the Holy Grail. They have great information on there. Don't read the blog, like not blogs, but like there's all these travel companies that like try to get you to like pay for the visa through them and they just basically submit your application and are like a third party and take like 50 bucks what yeah it's all like go to the u.s government website they have the direct links of like where you need to apply what information you need all your passport validity information like do you need a passport that's valid for three months after or six months months, after yeah like all of that sort of stuff is on there so i learned a lot that year that was very stressful 
That's that. Jeez, I would be panicking. Be <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. All right. And then we always finish the podcast with one question for everyone, which is what is the most exciting thing you've ever done? Oh my gosh, that is such a tough question, I think, to answer. Um, I don't know if it's like the most exciting. I feel like so hard to put like a it can range every yeah everyone's answer is different my answer is usually climbing mount whitney when i was 14 giselle's is different we everyone we've asked is different it goes from like crazy partying to like eating (laughs) eating crazy foods to pulling all-nighters it's yeah it's a full range i think like i'm such a type a planner but like i always make sure that in the itinerary like i leave room for like things to just happen so it's like the stuff that i can't plan for like in italy we went and watched a soccer game because italy was in the euro 2020 cup we're there we don't really watch a ton of soccer so we didn't plan this to like be there and we're like let's go out and have fun and we met this group of like Swiss guys were in Florence. They were just super fun. And like, they invited us back to their like villa. And I'm sure like my mom, if she listens to this, is going to be like, oh no, oh no. But like, we trusted our guy and everything was super cool. They had this massive villa in the middle of Tuscany, like a pool, everything. We each had a room. So we like went back to like our Airbnb, got like a little overnight bag and like went there and like they, it was no issue. They called us a cab the next morning. We literally each had our own bedroom in this villa. It was massive. And like those sorts of things and like experiences where it's like, I couldn't have planned that. Like we're hanging out in this like mansion in Tuscany with a pool overlooking the vineyards and like with these guys from Switzerland that are just a ball of fun. And like those sorts of experiences are so much fun to me because like I can't write that in the itinerary. Like that I can't. That sounds so fun. Here. That's awesome. The spontaneous stuff is always the best, most memorable stuff, I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, that sounds like a lot of fun. We we need to get to Italy. Italy, every little city is like a different country. I feel like there's so much character within each city. Like I could go back and like a hundred different times and I feel like not experience that country to its fullest. I feel like you had that. He's been. Yeah, I I loved Italy. I I had like a different experience of Rome. I thought Rome was okay. Very overrated in my opinion. I fell in love with Florence. That out of all the cities we went to, that was hands down. Like there's, even though there wasn't like the Coliseum or like crazy yeah anything, but it, there was something about it it was just so magical I feel the same way like I can't really fully put my finger on it but like the people the culture the food the wine like just every the whole experience in Florence like we spent three days there and we we're like that was a surprising like I, we expected to like it but like we were like I would go back to Florence first probably over mm-hmm. anything huh. That's interesting. Anyway, where can the people find you? How can they support you now that your TikTok is back? What can I they know. do? <laughs> TikTok is back up and running. So my handle is Janelle on a jet, J-A-N-E-L-L-E um, on both Instagram and on TikTok. Um, so that's the main platforms that I'm at right now. My website is almost done. So once I have that, it'll be a little bit easier to contact me and find some other like more in-depth resources. But right now, like my playlists on TikTok have a ton more in-depth information on credit cards, lounge access, things like that. So if, you know, people are interested to learning more than we talk about here, like I'm constantly making videos talking about those topics and it's a really great place to start and start learning more about this. And you just want to share your code for your special platforms again, just in case anyone missed it during the episode. So Thrifty Traveler Premium, the flight deal membership, um, I've got videos on that on TikTok too. I get a lot of questions on it, um, but my code is Janelle10 and that will save you $10 off your first year, bringing it to only $50. So honestly, like sign up for it for a year, see if you like it. I've never had anyone like come back and be like, 
I need to like cancel this. It was never worth it. Like just give it a shot. I promise you, you're going to be like, these deals are insane. And you'll never go back to saying like, flights are so expensive now. Like they can be expensive, but there's also really cheap flights. That's definitely the most expensive part of traveling. I think for us, because once we're on the ground, most of the time it's like pretty budget and we find ways yeah. to like hack the system, but trout getting the long flights is usually the most expensive, at least for us. Yeah. So you if you guys, as well, you guys <laughs> also need to sign up. <laughs> We're going to do it. I I promise you we will. (laughs) So that is it for today's episode, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for Janelle for coming on the show. Uh, Super stoked to have you. And thank you so much for sharing all your valuable information. And we will see you guys back next week with another episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Unfiltered Adventures. If you guys enjoyed having Janelle on the podcast, make sure you guys go and check her out on Instagram and TikTok at Janelle on a Jet. And we will, we are excited. We, this is episode number 10. We have five episodes left until we end for season one. If there's one thing you can do to help us support the podcast, if you could share it with one other person, that would be the best thing you can do to help support this podcast, as well as giving us a review on podcast or on as well as giving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you could share it with one person on your Instagram story or sending it to someone through a text message or an email, anyone that you think would be interested in learning more about how to travel hack with credit card points and travel more. And we will see you back next week with another episode.